What is this? For the mess. For the mess. Can I begin? Uh-huh, it's the chill kit. I got the cards to the deck you should deal with. I got the flows and not your head. Can you feel it? I put the beans in the bag and I would never spill it. Yes, sir, damn right. I keep it low-key. They must got all time as if they say that they know me. Welcome to the Forden Masters Podcast. My name is John Barrett, your host. Hey, I'm back with a banger. I'm back with a banger. This young lady, she's doing amazing things in her field and an old friend, and I'm grateful she took the time out to jump on the podcast. But before we get into who it is and what she does, we have admin tasks we have to take care of because we do what we have to do, right? So please follow us on all platforms at For The Masses Podcast and on YouTube at GB The Masses Podcast, okay? Hey, I see the likes. I see the views. Let's keep on adding to the subscriber account, okay? And please like, comment, and leave a review on your favorite platform, whether you're watching or listening, okay? But the young lady I have on is, her name is Bernadette Teardor, right? An old friend of mine, and she's gonna she's jumping into the PT field, and she's going to tell us how we can improve our lives. Bern, how are you doing? Hey, I'm great. How are you, JD? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm, I'm elated again. to have you on the podcast. Oh, I'm excited to be here too. It's my first. You're my debut. It's lit for everyone listening. Um, I've been I've been a lot of podcasts first for people, you know, and um, I know you're gonna you're gonna give us a lot of value, right? Because that's what you do as a person. Hey, okay. right? And and then B, you know, like I think you're doing some super meaningful work, right? And I think people deserve to hear what you have to say. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for this. You're you're so welcome. So, like, tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Where you grew up, you know, where what you well, where you're from. Mm-hmm. So, um, I was born in Arizona, but when I was four years old, we moved to Maryland, PG County, Maryland, and um, I grew up here. This is my childhood bedroom, actually, that I'm sitting in right now. So, we've lived here for I want to say 22 years. Um, wow. I am the second oldest of eight children, so it wow. was a little chaotic. Growing up, yeah, you didn't know that, did you? <laughs> didn't know that. Didn't know that. Um, yeah, so big family, big Catholic family. Um, fun fact about me, I was homeschooled all the way up until college. I like to surprise people with that fact. What? I couldn't tell. I, well, that's what people say. Everyone thinks homeschoolers are crazies, but yeah, we all have a little bit of crazy in us. That's accurate. <laughs> what? So I know you. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, I found Jesuit, and that's where I met you. Yes, we did. And, you know, you can tell everyone the story how we met. and But I think that only made the friendship better in the long run because of my, my, my fear at one point. <laughs> so my sophomore year of college, I was an RA in the freshman dorm. And JB was the chaplain. Is that technically what your title was? Or the uh, resident? Resident minister. Minister. Okay. Yes. Resident minister. And I had heard about you from other people um, in the classes above me, but I had never actually seen you. So I had moved into my room. My residents were moving in. We were kind of getting into the groove of things. And then one day I'm like walking by the laundry room trying to do a load of laundry, which is hard come by on a floor full of girls. And there's this random man (laughs) 
in my laundry room taking out my laundry machines. And I was I was cool about it. You know, I, I was like, okay, that's fine. It's taken, but also who are you? <laughs> yeah. So I thought this was in fact the man who was the resident minister living on my floor. Um, unfortunately, I have horrible resting bitch face. And so that was JB's first impression of me. He thought, he told me later that, right, you thought I mm-hmm. was mad at you and didn't like you for the yeah. longest time, which is just not true. I had absolutely no problem with you, even though you stole my, my washing machine. I know, I know. Well, but so the, situ- the situation could have been worse because it could have been like, oh, man, who's this, like, this dude clothes in my laundry and he hasn't come back for five hours, you know, which could have possibly been that? Like, the, the I mean, I could have, maybe I would have thought that you were like one of my resident's boyfriends and you're in after hours. I could have kicked you out of your own dorm. <laughs> you did but have power, Ivan. You had hella power. <laughs> you know, and, um, and, you know, I definitely thought you had RBF and I was like, this this young lady hates me with a passion but you know we end up clarifying it later on and now we're good friends and you know i'm super grateful that you were able to jump on the podcast and like we catch up me too it's been too long it's been way too long so you were homeschooled up into college so i don't even have to i don't even have to ask like how was your high school experience and what brought you to jesuit because obviously you were homeschooled family of eight traditional like so catholic family um and obviously you're Catholic and you wanted to continue that experience going moving forward. Actually, Jesuit was the only Catholic university that I applied to. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was kind of a last minute whim and it worked out in my favor. What What made you do that though? Like what other schools were you looking at? And then what made you go to Jesuit, like apply to Jesuit? So I was looking at University of Maryland and University of Maryland, Baltimore, because I'm literally two miles up the road from my from the main campus and it would be in-state tuition. My parents were pushing for one of those two options so that I could live at home, but I always knew that I kind of wanted to try something new, spread my wings, get out on my own a bit. Um, So then I started looking at Muhlenberg, which is in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. It was a super pretty campus, relatively small. Um, I think it was Christian, like maybe Lutheran, but not Catholic. So I kind of welcomed the idea of trying something new and far enough from home that no one would bother me, but close enough that I could come home for holidays. It kind of seemed like the perfect match, except it was very expensive. So I was struggling with the decision and trying to find other options. And then um, there was this friend of ours who was helping me prepare for the SAT. And I was talking to her husband at one point. He was asking me how test prep was going and where I was applying to colleges, what I wanted to study. And we got to talking about physical therapy, which was my end goal. And he said, oh, hey, my sister's a physical therapist. And she did her undergrad in athletic training at Wheeling Jesuit University. You should talk to her. I'll give you her contact info. So I just started emailing this lady back and forth and asking every question under the sun about the profession, about the school, about how she got from point A to point B. And I applied because it was free and no college apps are free. Absolutely. I interviewed there for a scholarship day. I completely fell in love with the campus and the people and the atmosphere. I was sold. Man, that's an incredible story. And what are chances you would meet someone whose wife goes to went to Will and Jesuit? <laughs> you would be surprised. The Jesuit world is shockingly small. 
A lot of I I do agree with that. Yeah, yeah, kind of fun. Man, so so you end up like just coming like falling in love with the campus. I think we all had a story, right? We end up like, oh man, we're just gonna see what it is, you know. Obviously, whoever invited us or whoever we talked to kind of like captures us there. And then from that, we're talking like it's a cult, actually. It's not a cult, everyone. It's not a cult. <laughs> We've all kind of questioned it ourselves, but I promise there was nothing sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. And I think um, it was just a unique environment. Um, and I noticed that when I did leave that environment, we're all still looking for that community, you know? Yes. Um, oh, my gosh. I was terrified when I graduated. I thought yeah. I would never find friends again. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Well, obviously, it's a close-knit community because, obviously, like, we still, like, all, like, talk. Uh, the prominent people that you, like, know, we all still kind of, like, see each other on social media. We, you know, we see each other, and we link any chance we get a chance to. Oh, absolutely. I've seen so many of my Jesuit friends since graduation. I'm so grateful for that. I know. You guys have Zoom and stuff like that, and I don't get the link, so <laughs> forget all of you. All right. I'll, I'll put in a petition to include you in the next Zoom meeting. Yes, please make it a big thing amongst everyone you meet. You see, <laughs> you know, but yeah. So you end up going to Jesuit. So undergraduate, obviously, you weren't physical therapy. So what did you do undergraduate? That was athletic training. So I had never actually heard of athletic training because I didn't go to a high school that had an athletic trainer. Um, but when this woman was explaining to me how that was her stepping stone, it kind of just made sense to me to get into the kind of sports rehab world and get my toes wet before jumping into a more intense program with physical therapy. So I really didn't know what I was getting myself into, but it worked out. <laughs> That's incredible. So why athletic training and not exercise science? At the time, Jesuit did not have an exercise physiology major that actually came in, I think my junior or senior year. Mm. And I'm not sure if I would have known this back then, but I know now that I prefer athletic training over exercise phys because it's a clinical major in the okay. sense that it's not just classroom work. You have to do clinical rotations and hours in the training room and working hands-on with the athletes. So that honestly prepared me so much more for physical therapy than any other major could have because I got to use things like a goniometer. I learned what manual muscle testing was. I saw injuries. I had to think of exercises. I had to keep my cool during evaluations. So it ended up being, I think, my personal opinion, the best way to prepare for grad school. No, and if you describe it like that, I think, you know, definitely it, it sounds like it helped you a lot, you know? For sure. So I, I guess my next question about that specifically would be, like, what were the obstacles when you started doing athletic training that, like, was like, hey, I don't know if this is for me? Because I know you guys take some hard classes for no reason, A. <laughs> B, and it's a lot of work in addition because not only your athletic training during the day and, like, in class, but then you got to work the game and stuff like that as you as you matriculate, right? So, like, what was, like, I don't know if I want to do this with sweaty people, like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, you got over that part pretty quickly. Um, the first obstacle was that, Jesuit is a highly athletically populated college. Lots of athletes go there. And so a lot of those athletes want to study athletic training, but there was only space for 12 students. So I remember walking into this room filled with, I think we had upwards of 40 students who were trying to get into the athletic training program. Mm -hmm. And that's when the director, Dave Dennis, dropped Dave. the bomb that only 12 of us were going to make it. And I was terrified. But 
luckily, um, as a lot of us kind of realized freshman year, right, is that you go in thinking you have a plan and then that changes, you switch majors, you find where you fit in. And a lot of these kids ended up doing exactly that. So I kind of slid into a spot as they weeded themselves out. And yeah. and that was the first obstacle overcome. But then, like you said, we lead crazy schedules. Athletic trainers have very little work-life balance. And as a student, it was just as hard because I was also in the honors program. So we had extra credit hours on top of the typical ones. Jesuit also has a really high core requirement, one of the highest in the country. And I had physical therapy prerequisites to do on top of all of that. So I just had a really heavy case or um, class load in addition to having to be physically present in the athletic training room and on the field. So I often look back then and I ask my classmates, like, when did we study? When did we actually have time to study? Because I don't remember, but we got it done somehow. The classroom was basically the athletic training room. So a lot of our studying happened right there. And I learned better that way anyways. So another. That's so true. Yeah. What did you say? Another obstacle checked off. <laughs> yes. And I did see a lot of you all studying in the athletic training room. And I was like, oh, well, this ain't the place to try it on me. No, I'm just <laughs> you were actually okay. guinea pigs. Don't tell anyone else. Oh, no. my God. Oh my <laughs> no, God. but it was great because we had essentially yeah. tutors readily available in the athletic yep. trainers there. So we could ask them all kinds of questions and get some real no, no. We're at it. That's that's incredible. And I'm like, like I said, like during that obstacle, that first one, especially when he's like, you know, only 12 of you are making it through, you know, I'm super glad you're able to keep your head down and like do what you have to do to continue to like progress throughout the program, you know, because a lot of people change their majors, a lot of people. So that's incredible. And then, um, you know, I think, uh, I think a few times you were athletic training for the wrestling team and I'm at a yes. match and also Burns like talking, talking during my match or something. And then, you know, at practices, obviously, all the guys want to want to like have an injury so you can like check them out. I'm like, oh my gosh! <laughs> Please tell me you're lying. <laughs> yeah, no, it's one of my first full time rotations. I I really wanted that one. I put that at the top of my list. You guys were high energy and a lot of fun to work with. You're idiots! No, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, that no, too. No, no. <laughs> no, great dudes, great dudes. And I just wanted to be known while we're live right now. I want everyone to know that I wasn't one of the people who got injured and, and try to like get athletic training help. Okay. You didn't get injured because you didn't fight as hard as the other guys. I was soft. I was soft. <laughs> no. no, but you always had a smile on your face. You were having a great time. It would be like four or five AM practice and JB's still having a great time. Man, and, and then now four or five AM sounds like Oh, I know. That's the life. Nah. I'm living. No, but um, yeah. So it was it was that, that's super cool that you had that experience, you know, and you found something that you love, and it, it helped you, you know, moving forward. So then you decided, all right, I'm gonna apply to PT school. Where did you go to PT school at, and like, how was that experience? I went to PT school at Ohio University, which is in Athens, Ohio. It's not OSU in Columbus. Not the OSU. Not the, but it was the first Ohio University in Athens, Ohio. Um, and I loved it there. It was another one of those things where I really didn't want to go there, but I had outside pressure to apply anyways. And I showed up for interview day and again, completely fell in love. I was floored by 
the staff, the students, the organization, what set their program apart from every other program I had applied to. So there was really no question in my mind after that day. That's, that's incredible. So when you got there, like do PT, do you put, pick specialties and things like that? You do. So in school, you're taught to be a generalist. So you kind of just learn a little bit of all of the main aspects of physical therapy. Because in general, we consider ourselves to be movement specialists, but that can encompass so many different things. So the cool thing about OU was that your last semester of classes, you took so many credits of elective classes where you could sort of start to tailor your specialty if you wanted to. So I'm more interested in neuro populations. So I got to take a couple classes Mm -hmm. at any certifications or extra um, research opportunities in neuro-specific areas. So that was kind of the start of it. But typically, after you graduate, you get your first job, you start to take continuing education credits, you can go to classes, get more certifications, and that's where you start to kind of hone your specialty. That's incredible. So you're you're focused on what, like neurology, like spinal stuff you're, you're trying to say? Yeah. So my favorite is spinal cord injury. Um, How would I know? things like <laughs> you knew, <laughs> but then also things like traumatic brain injury. There's a really huge stroke population that physical therapists treat. Lots of chronic and progressive diseases like uh, Parkinson's or multiple sclerosis or ALS. Really anything under the sun that involves the brain or nerves is kind of our, our neuro world in PT. Man, it's so crazy because like we have friends that get in the, into these like super, uh, fields where people get in you know, they can make a lot of money but when you're when you go to school like jesuit and service you gotta want to help and so you know you find you find a no, the no, noble pathway so that that's beautiful no service definitely uh drew me to pt more than anything else and jesuit fostered that love 100 percent. man that's in, that's incredible and like, like i said it just speaks to your heart you know and um i'm, I'm glad that like there's pts out there like you who just like honestly want to help people and it's not like for all the money that we could make or we could be making, but I just want to help people. I like to joke that, you know, a PT cares because we're kind of on the bottom end of the totem pole when it comes to uh, salary and healthcare. People assume that we have these grand salaries because we're doctors, but we really don't. Yeah. Um, so you know that we care because we're actually all very broke and still in a lot of school debt. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely risk, risk reward. Or the reward for you is like helping people be able to move better, feel better, right? Absolutely. So I guess, um, you know, this is my gripe with PTs, okay? I'm going to tell you. And you're going to be like the third person I told this to, the third PT I told this to. Because I have two friends that are PTs, Josh Lee and Ryan. Yep, I met them at Jesuit PT program, all right? Okay. I'm like, hey, 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 Josh, my, my knee hurts. Right, and my hamstring keeps hurting. Right, he's like, "Got weak hips, bro. Got weak hips, bro." <laughs> he's like, "Got weak hips, bro." Or like, "My core is weak." I was like, "My core is not weak. My hips aren't weak, bro." Oh, but what you don't know is that it might be, but they're the small muscles that stabilize that you don't train in the gym with your four hundred deadlift and three fifty squat. How do you know? <laughs> <laughs> You know, and uh, no, now that's what that's what they told me too. They was like, "Bro, you gotta like, you gotta train everything, bro." 
you gotta try and train different planes. I was like, don't tell me how to train, you know. And then and then, then tell me. And now you're repeating it. You asked for their help. They gave you free medical advice, and you're just shooting them down. I know, but maybe if they deliver it differently to me. <laughs> you know, you're probably right. Maybe if they did an actual evaluation and then helped you come up with a plan. Yeah, I mean, and then one guy he did he did take it very serious and like helped me out. But oh, I was like, bro, I need to I need to lift this heavy weight, okay? And I'm not I'm not managing my load. Sorry, you know, I'm just kidding. But now I have burn, and she'll tell me nicely. So Maybe. forget. No, I'm just kidding. I loved. Oh yeah, you're RBF. Nah. My words will be sweet. My face will be annoyed. Okay, I, I can accept that because because Ryan and Josh now nah, those are cool dudes. So, you know, so I have obviously like I have like a lot of good PT friends that like you know help me a lot. So like I'm super grateful to have another one I can add to the the roller decks. I'm happy but I won't, to join. Them. I won't snap you though. I'll I'll send you a text message because Snapchat takes um, a week to. Yeah, away. I'm I'm bad at messages in general. Snapchat worst of all. Nah, it's okay. It's okay though. But you know, I think um like again, super noble work you're doing, and like I'm grateful that like people like you are in the field. I am, and um I think that like obviously like America, you know, there's a there's an epidemic. You know, I'm not going to say the p word because everyone's saying the p word. Right? There's an epidemic of obesity in our country. Um, that I think you know people have illnesses or injuries early on in life that they don't treat. So then it becomes debilitating. And then they, um, they stop the movement, obviously in conjunction with the diet, but a big part of it is the movement too. So then we're, we'll be later on. So what are some tips from a PT, you know, and maybe if it's in your specialty that you can give everyone to help them like, you know, move better, feel better, have better mobility, you know, things like that. Well, the first piece of advice I would say is just education is everything, right? I mean, we went to a Jesuit college that emphasized that. Um, but there is a, in addition to the obesity epidemic, there's kind of a lack of health literacy epidemic mm. as well. People just don't know because nobody teaches them. So how would they know? And how could they take care of themselves if they're not given that information from their healthcare providers? Yeah. So I think the first thing is just finding a reputable source to help you with your health, fitness, wellness journey, whatever you want to call it, and then come up with a plan that works for you and your schedule and your particular needs, and just kind of dedicate yourself to that. Um, in terms of some kind of plan, it's obviously different for everybody, but we like to say movement is medicine. Any yeah. kind of movement that you can do, go on a 20 minute walk in the morning and a 20 minute walk in the evening, clean your house, lift some small weights doesn't need to be jb's 400 deadlift but any kind of load on your muscles and your joints and your bones is going to make them stronger and will affect your health long term more than you know going on a three mile run three times yeah. a week or whatever it might be um not to not to disc cardio i'm a little bit biased i don't like cardio but tell me about it balance you know it's about balance um, cardiovascular health in addition to bone health and and diet consistency and all kinds of things. So get moving, ask somebody you trust who is a healthcare professional for help if you need it, um, and then stick with your plan. No, 100%, 100%. So what about stretching? How important is stretching? 
Stretching is actually pretty widely contested. Um, personally, I think it depends on the context. I'm not a fan of doing long duration stretches before exercise because it can actually decrease the amount of force that your muscles can produce just because it pulls them too far apart. But dynamic stretch warm-ups are great just to get things moving. And if you feel like you perform better stretching consistently after your workout, then by all means, go for it. I love stretching. I love yoga. I do it all the time. But yes. there is actually a whole lot of research to show that it significantly impacts performance. That might be different depending on what you're performing. Gymnasts obviously have different needs than a wrestler would or a rugby player would. So it tends to get pretty specific depending on context. Yeah, I definitely have heard, heard that before. So like for me, I try to keep a, like a, a happy medium. So like I'll, 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 I just started warming up when I when I met my PT friends. I want to tell you that right now because they were like, you're going to win. I'm 25 and a dog. Why do I need to warm up? You know? I warm up with the weight. That's what I told them. And now they were like, all right, well, cool. And then as I got older, you know, I started like, you know, so I do resistance bands, you know, prior to, depending on like what muscle group I'm working. Um, I'll do like some dynamic stretches prior to. Um, I don't really like get on a treadmill and do like a 10 minute run or anything like that. You know, just a lot of dynamic stretching. And then um, obviously if it's if it's a compound, I'll warm up with a compound. And that's my warm up. I don't know if I need to do more or not. No, I like that just fine. I think you're doing great. You know, I'm doing my best. But I do do hot yoga once a week. Do you really? Yeah, low key. <laughs> JB, I never yeah. would have guessed. I've actually I know. never done hot yoga. It sounds horrible. Yeah. For, so, okay. So, uh, like, let's Im- imagine, like, you less flexible times 10 going into this, this place that's 100 plus degrees and you're trying to like stretch and like oh god and then like you know like the hot the intermediate advanced yoga is like vinyasana flow and you got to hold hold positions what, um, what did you call it vinyasana vinyasana <laughs> oh jd like, get, like, get a yoga instructor on your next podcast i know she was like she was like what did you say she was like but um yeah so i started doing hot yoga and i, I like for me i noticed drastic um, impact in like how I like feel and also like how I move, you know, so I, yeah. I feel like I move, I move way better in the gym too. For sure. And I think that's a big thing that we see a lot in the physical therapy world is that we are an evidence-based practice, but we also take into consideration the experience of our patients and our own clinical expertise. So mm. if our patient notices a difference in their performance or just in how they're feeling with a certain treatment, even if the literature is like, eh, not really. By all means, go for it. If it works for you, keep doing it. And also yeah. the placebo effect is very real. Yes, I know. I, I utilize it a lot of a lot of days in my life, so I know. <laughs> <laughs> I placebo my way into like college wrestling. So just kidding now, I was pretty good. Yeah. But but so like again, so like you said, movement is king. So everyone's gonna keep moving. Uh, anything with like obviously like stretching contested, but um, if it makes you feel good, you know, dynamic stuff is good prior to, um, maybe some static stuff afterwards. But um, as it relates to like resistance training, is that is that is that like super valuable? Yes, big big fan of resistance training, especially for women, because once you hit that age where menopause is a concern, 
So actually, once you turn 25, <laughs> we like to joke in my class, we have a few more months until our bones stop growing. Oh, God. Um, around 25 years of age, you stop putting down like massive amounts of bone or like growing and strengthening. Um, so kind of what you get as a young adult is what you get. And you can obviously make a difference in that with training afterwards. But the most impact you will have is with resistance training consistently and before that period. So anytime mm -hmm. you load your joints, you load your bones, it stresses them a little bit and then they have to compensate by becoming stronger. And so weightlifting is actually one of the most valuable forms of exercise, especially for women, because it can really help prevent things like osteoporosis or um, fractures from falls and all kinds of things that we see in older populations. No, most definitely, most definitely. And I tell, I joke a lot because obviously genetics come into play with some people, but I joke a lot too because um, obviously I think my activity drastically changed like later on in my life um, just to do like obligations and work and like the type of stuff I do. But I feel like I'm super grateful for the work I was blessed to be able to do prior to now because even when now – like I, I get heavier in weight, I hold it differently than if I obviously if I didn't, you know. Oh, absolutely, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and obviously that's that's just like antidotal with me, but like super grateful, you know. And um, so yeah, resistance training super valuable. Um, what about hydration and versus like chronic dehydration? Um. So yeah, I think that a lot of fitness culture has been right to push the movement for hydration right i mean it doesn't necessarily have to have lemons and limes in it but um we're made of whatever percentage of water i don't know off the top of my head but we are largely made of water and so we have to be able to keep up with that in order to stay healthy and perform optimally so definitely um make times to drink water with your meals before your meals during your workouts i know it can be hard during the workday, especially if you have a crazy work schedule and you're constantly yeah. on your feet, but there's gotta be a time in there to squeeze in a couple water bottles at least, you know, and yeah. everyone's different. I definitely notice that I drink way more when I work out and then I forget to drink when I don't. So whatever kind of reminders work for you, um, stick with that. Dehydration, you know, is not fun, um, yeah. especially not with heat exhaustion compounding it. So we want to avoid that. Get your electrolytes in, drink your water. Don't go down that road. No, 100%. So, Burn, we appreciate all the tips. Is there any last thing you have to tell people to, like, do better health-wise? Because we all got to do better health-wise. I don't think I'm qualified to uh, make that kind of a blanket statement. Um, but in my personal opinion, not necessarily my professional opinion, I think that just finding joy in whatever kind of movement you choose is going to be your best friend. Um, movement yeah. is medicine, but it's only medicine if you can stick with it and enjoy it while you're doing it. You know, so many people say that working out has helped their mental health, and it's absolutely true because you literally release endorphins when you work out. But mm. if you hate running, don't force yourself to run. Find yeah. something else that works for you. Maybe find a buddy to do it with you. You know, whatever combination is going to be healthy for your body and for your mind in combination. That's real. No, I appreciate it, Vern. So my next question is, where can people find you? 
they might have a cool PT question for you. <laughs> um, where can they find me? I don't have any, you know, podcasts or anything that they can go follow. Um, I am on social media. They could find me on Instagram at uh, Bernie Deddy, spelled with a Y at the end, not an IE. Uh, they could ask you for my contact info too, I guess. Um, and I would be happy to, t- I love physical therapy. I'm absolutely in love with the profession. So I would love to nerd out about that anytime with anyone. So anyone's welcome to reach out. Well, everyone, you hear the zeal in her voice, or if you're watching, you see it in her face. So no, Burn, I appreciate you for jumping on the podcast. It means the world to me. Thank you so much for inviting me. Good to see you again. No doubt, no doubt. And we'll talk soon, okay? Absolutely. Have a good night. Wow, just finished an incredible episode with Bernadette Tirador. She's a PT. She's in love with the profession. And she just gave you a whole bunch of tips of how you can improve your life, improve your health, which obviously, like, I work out and, like, fitness is super big for me as well. But um, she she gave you the, the facts, not just, like, what I read on the Internet, you know. So uh, I'm super grateful she took the time out. And thanks for listening. Please like, comment, leave a review on your favorite platform. Thanks for listening for the Masses Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to my lovely mother, Alfreda Bullock. She ran her race with elegance and pride. I love you forever.